The Paladins of Ultron is a part of the Soon to Be Named Network and the Transmissions Podcast Network. Check them out at soon to be named network.com and transmissionspodcast.com. Welcome to Paladins of Voltron. This is an unofficial show about the Netflix original series, Voltron Legendary Defender. I'm your host, Jace. Er, <laughs> Don't wish that upon I, yourself. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm Jeremy, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jason. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Don't do that. Don't ever wish this upon yourself. <laughs> But I'm really happy because we're going to talk about, uh, I'll just call it now, this is probably one of my favorite shows in the entire series. It, it's a good one. It um, is. We are going to be talking about episode three of season three, The Hunted. And um, before we get into that, I'd like to let you know if you'd like to leave us feedback, you can leave us comment on the blog post on this website or on our website. Um, you can email us feedback at povpodcast.com. Or you can contact us on Twitter at POV underscore podcast or Facebook at POV podcast. And we'll have all those in the show notes as well. So uh, getting into the episode, because I know Jason wants to go ahead and, you know, talk about it. Let's do it. um, Like I said, this is episode three, The Hunted, and it's directed by Eugene Lee and written by Josh Hamilton. And uh T- uh, Keith is following the tracker he placed on Lotor's ship, and uh, the lions arrive at a distant planet. <clears throat> Hunk is apprehensive about attacking now, with so many other pilots in different lions, especially since Alora is brand new at piloting a lion. But Keith is determined to knock out Lotor before his reign even starts, so they're going forward. Inti- inside Lotor's ship, they've detected the lions approaching. Lotor orders his team to hold back, and he's going to attack the lions directly with his fighter jet. His lieutenants complain that he'll never be able to beat the lions alone, but he says he's not actually trying to. In his fighter, Lotor Lotor and Keith go right after each other. Lance also tries, but he's not used to a red speed yet, and he crashes into Keith. Lotor flies around the lions like a gnat, and the lions only end up hitting each other with their blasts. There's no unity among the paladins, and Alora is having trouble getting used to the lion's controls as they're they're different from the castles. Keith tries to take on Lotor solo, but he's still not successful, so he says the team needs to try to form Voltron. They don't get that Voltron feeling, though, and Lotor separates the group by firing on them. Afterwards, he returns to his ship, and he tells his, his lieutenants to head to Thaceryx he's going to lure the lions there as it has an atmosphere that plays havoc on controls and radar. As he heads to the planet, Keith follows him and the lions follow Keith. The lions lose their sensors. And despite Pidge's pleas, Keith Keith heads on in pursuit. Once they get too far apart, they lose communications with each other and Allura gets separated from the group. Hunt goes after her and eventually convinces Keith to join the, um, to join back with the group. 
Lotor is now in an area with a gas that's explosive when it exposed to bright light, like a laser blast. When the lions spot him, they fire and they cause a huge explosion. Allura is again separated from the group, and this time Lotor is in pursuit, and she ends up hiding under a large tree or rock formation. Or um, Lance and Keith are now alone with each other, and they and Keith realizes that he's actually the cause of this, and his actions, he realizes what he's been doing. Lance doesn't disagree with him, but now he says now they have to go and find the team. Elsewhere, Hunk sees a, a pair of bright lights heading towards him, and he starts to freak out until he hears Pidge's voice over the comms. So they're, they're joined together again, but Pidge says that they're stuck. In her lion, Allura tries everything, even trying to charm the blue lion to get to power back up, but it won't respond. Until she finally admits that she can't do everything and she actually needs help. When she admits that, the lion powers up and she's able to make a connection with it. But also as it powers up, Lotor notices where she was and he attacks. Allura asks the lion to guide her and it shows her about blue's sonar powers. Using it, she's able to make a map of, of the area, and she evades Lotor, gets behind him, and then freezes his wing. He retreats, and she goes off to find the other paladins. Once they join, join up, they try to form Voltron again. Now that they're thinking like a unit and they're, they're more cohesive, they're successful. Voltron blasts through the atmosphere as Allura exclaims, Hunk, I'm a leg! Voltron disables the Galar, the Galar fleet that's arrived as Lotor escapes. This time, Keith decides not to pursue as he's learned from his mistake, and they let him get away as they return to the castle. So that's episode three. Uh, I agree. This is probably one of the best episodes they've done. Uh, what are your thoughts, Jason? So I think the reason I love this episode so much is because this oh, pretty much the entire episode is the Mutar Nebula scene from The Wrath of Khan. Oh, I didn't even... It even has the same feel. And I I wanted to go back and check earlier today, but I didn't get a chance. I almost feel like some of the sounds of like the scanners going out are the same sounds you hear on the bridge of the Enterprise when they enter the nebula. I can't confirm that, though. I might just be making that up in my head because I want to make a bigger connection, but... This, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Wrath of Khan, but... Yeah, I watch it every couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. I Right away, I was like... And I didn't catch it at first. I'm like, this movie... Th this feels like something. What is... I was like, oh, this is the Mutarum Nebula. This is awesome. And yeah, this... I'm like, okay. I'm going to sound like the epitome of what Red Letter Media makes fun of on the Nerd Crew every time they do an episode. But, like, this was just freaking amazing. <laughs> You've got the whole, you know, it's called The Hunted. You've got Lotor. Okay, well, they, okay, there's my initial impressions. I'm not going to His ship away. is awesome. Yes! <laughs> the first appearance of the, we see a couple more later in the season. Spoilers, but, um, yeah, the ship's awesome. So what, uh, what were your overall thoughts? Oh, I mean, I, I like the the feeling that it puts you in when, you know, they did get separated and like Allura is on her own in the lion, which is still unfamiliar to her, you know? So you, you really start to fear for her safety. You know, she's not going to die. You, they're not going to do anything to hurt her, but they still make you worry. And then when she finally admits that she needs help, yeah. 
that's all that it took. And the lion just opened up to her. And then um, when she's able to be the one that saves the day, I think is great. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I love the whole I'm a leg thing where <laughs> it's a throwback to the very throwback to the very beginning of the show. Yep. But then, you know, Hunk's like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that to me, that is probably one of the most like, I don't want to say emotional, like I start crying, but like, I always get overwhelmed when I hear that part in the episode. Cause I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> She's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> but then also the, the interaction between Keith and Lance, Yeah. when Keith finally realizes his his actions and what he's been doing and Lance doesn't um you know doesn't hold back and he's like yeah you're you're right you were acting like kind of a jerk but you know we need to get past it now and we need you know we have a job to do so he is playing that right hand role yep of basically being an advisor yeah, and I'm sure yeah. that when uh, King Alto, all four was in the Red Lion, it was more probably um, assuring uh, Zarkon that he was doing the right thing because Zarkon was such mm-hmm. a established general. Yeah, Lance is go- Lance is like, no, no, you are doing a good job. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, the story to me the the whole this whole episode is just around Alora and her figuring out. And we've seen this moment. Uh, we've seen uh, Shiro get a greater connection with his lion. Um, I feel like maybe Pidge was another one that happened with too. When well, she it was... happened with all the lions last season at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause, um, Lance discovered the sonic powers in the yeah. mermaid episode. Right. True. Yeah. But so that... it's just the, the powers are there. They just can't, they have to have the connection with the lion yeah. before they're opened up to it. Yeah, but this was even more than that because she had to be able to she needed to learn to trust because the other paladins know right. that they have to trust the lion. Even though, you know, Keith pushes back with the black and stuff a little bit, he still knows he has to trust it. But Alora learned that lesson. Because you don't have to trust the castle. The castle does whatever the heck you tell it to. Right. Um Castle also not was also not made out of a, a weird material comet thing that no one knows what it is. Which they briefly touched upon last episode. We might hear a little more about it this season. Last season, sorry. So, yeah, and then that brilliant thing at the end where, like, the the blue line shows the sonic the sonic um, blast, and that's how she maps her way through. And it seems to almost, like, fix her sensors because she's not having any trouble with her readouts or anything when she actually catches up with the team. Right. Um, so, yeah, Lotor's ship. Holy crap, that thing's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how, you know, the, the wings are independent. I mean, because it's a spaceship. It doesn't have to be aerodynamic. Right. And the wings, like, he needs to change direction. One of the wings just kind of flips around, and mm-hmm. it that's it's just awesome. Yeah, and you you can almost tell that he spent, like, you can just almost imagine him spending like a month just out in the middle of space, just doing maneuvers for like mm-hmm. months at a, or like days at a time before coming back to the ship or something. Like he yeah. knows that thing. Like the yeah. only way he's able to get around it is because he. He ends up in a place where he can't use his he can't use the weapon because it'll set off the gas. He can't use his weapons because it'll set off the gas. Right. But Alora can still use the the ice the, the ice yeah. blast and take which is a nice way of of you know mm-hmm. getting her out of the situation. She's able to fight back without using laser blast. Yep. And then we get to see Voltron. Yeah. I think last season they waited a couple of episodes. 
in, in I think every incarnation of Ultron, maybe, well, I think in the first one they were able to form it fairly quickly, but then when Alora joined, she had problems. Yeah. But in other shows, there was always some kind of struggle forming Voltron when the team came together. Yeah. And they, thankfully they didn't have to go through the, the like cheerleader pyramid this time. I see. I still like cheerleader pyramid, but yeah, that wouldn't have fit so much. Um, actually that, okay. So I've actually been wondering about this. Okay. So I'm going to do, do a little side jag here. Um, the, one of the theories for those of anyone out there who's also a Transformers fan, which I'm sure there's plenty of you. One of the theories about Optimus Prime's trailer is that it disappears into like a subspace pocket whenever he doesn't need it. And that's how it appears on nowhere. Does Voltron go into like a subspace thing to transform? Because his his transformation sequence is always the same length. <laughs> but no one ever tries to attack him. Like, do you think they've never really hinted at that? But I, I almost think, wonder if that's well, like how they how they play it off like well he can't get attacked no one can see him when the way i've always seen it is when they kind of form that comet thing as they're flying yeah and i think that's what protects them actually that's a good point that's kind of a bit of synergy between the comet they came from and the comet right that's a good point so i i think that's it yeah and obviously i understand that what we see isn't real time. Like everything's transforming at the same time. Right. It's not like the the arms wait until the legs are formed to become arms or anything. They all come together together. But it, it doesn't. Just... It doesn't just go to the same clip that we right. see every time. Yeah, I think about weird things in the shower. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Optimus Prime's trailer, Voltron's transformations. That's I. Hey, <laughs> it's usually very early in the morning. I'm usually very tired. <laughs> the mind yeah. wanders. Um and. Okay, so we also get Keith coming around, realizing what it takes to be a leader, trusting the rest of the team, their abilities. Um, we see that when he first pulls off, when Alora's first attacked and in trouble, and then he still goes after Lotor. So finally he realizes, you know, after they think they have him and they all fire and everything goes crazy in the, in the, gas, in the gas stuff, he, Keith's just like, okay, nothing I'm going to do by, on my own is going to work, so... And then they form Voltron, and they they do something with the shield that they've never done before. They use the shield blast to direct it off and like destroy half of the armada that shows up. Because mm-hmm. the plan was to capture the lions once Lotor disabled, or maybe not. I don't know if he can disable the lions for per se, but he he was gonna going to try to get the lions basically. Oh, separate and funnel them yeah. out one yeah. at a time. To and be then captured. the the armada would be there. Yeah, exactly. So. And yeah, that doesn't work because Voltron comes out, forms a shield, and and then the sword and stuff. And it's it's it, it yeah, it's freaking amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. Any other any other points you had about it? No, I mean I, I just I still like how Lotor is being portrayed. Oh, He's yeah. extremely competent. Um, he moves in that fighter just like you know the paladins do in their lions in terms of oh better. It, it's like <laughs> a part of his body. I think even with, I think even with Shiro, if he were still there right now and everyone was in their original lion, like even if you form Voltron, how are you gonna? That thing moves so fast. Right. You know, you'd have trouble even getting like the sword on it. You might get off a lucky shot with the shoulder cannon or something, but it'd be tough. So, yeah. and but then you know he he decides okay, 
I've been partially incapacitated. Now is the time to, you know, I, I've learned a lot. Time to go, go off, you know, recover before I make another attack. So it's not a retreat, like a cowardly retreat. It's more of a tactical retreat. It's the opposite of what Keith does <laughs> for the right. last three episodes. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's that, it's that, that contrast that you see. But you know, Keith is coming around. Little Tron can be mm-hmm. formed, and things are a little different now, which is good. So I'm wondering if, if as like we get into season four, there's going to be you know a crossing where Lotor is going to get more and more frustrated, and his leadership his leadership skills decline, while Keith is getting more and more confident, and you know his skills get better. Yeah, I can see that. Um things we can't say now but i can see how certain yeah. how that can certainly be perceived I mean, we haven't really seen lotor's temper at all and no, in no. the original show he had oh my you God. Know, quite the temper so uh, and quite the uh lust over princess alora there let me tell you right <laughs> oh lord the only the only episode i recently rewatched of the 84 series was the one where he tries to kidnap her or whatever and i'm just like mm-hmm. oh boy oh boy <laughs> Uh, this Latour is so much better. <laughs> yeah. Not that that takes a lot, so. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the main focus of the episode is inside the little, the planet that has, like, the nebula. It's 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 the Wrath of Khan moment. And right. It's eerie, and the team all works, learns a lot, and, you know, just like the little things, like, I love how the lines, they fly, but then when they're close to like a like a big asteroid or something they'll run on it so mm-hmm. they can push off and change direction and stuff and yeah you know, i think the the animation on that is all great it's great this is easily i think i wouldn't be surprised if they got a little more money for animation this this season the next half mm-hmm. the, the animation has always been great um but sometimes they seem to rely on that anime style a little much where the, there's not a lot of motion it's just like right. weird. It's it's basically just like seizures <laughs> at times. <laughs> but um yeah, I think everything like that has been very well done. And it has been till now, but I think they I think they got a little extra money, which yeah. I'm hoping tells me that this is one of their most watched shows. I can't imagine it not being. So uh, I I'm sure it is, especially they have I think a 70 something episode commitment yep. from Netflix which yeah. We're all you know, we're in the sad part is we're gonna be like halfway there by the end of this, right? <laughs> so, but but in the in these days of you know shows starting up and getting canceled right away, that that's just amazing that they're able, like they Netflix sees the value and yeah, the the original show had I don't know how many episodes, uh, but no, it was like I think in the nineties. Yeah. And, you know, just to have a new show that of this quality that's going to get close to that number of episodes, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> God. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember how many times I've gone back and been like, how, okay, Transformers had like 80 some episodes. 90 Six, something. No, yeah. 60 of them were in episode, season one. <laughs> no, season one was 13. Season two was 60 something. Oh, 60 something. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's just funny how that works. And then, of course, season four, three episodes. And you're done. <laughs> Uh, so go listen to what happened to the headmasters or something if you want to see the rest. <laughs> so okay, have we uh have we think, exhausted our? Yeah, unless you have anything else you want to bring up. 
uh, this is an amazing show. It's I love it. And this episode, <laughs> uh, like I said, I think last episode, I said last episode you should watch be- to fill in all the parts of the battle. This episode you should just watch because this is great television. Right. Well written, well animated. Um, David, if you're out there, I know occasionally you pop in and check out an episode. This is the one to do. I talk, Especially of if you you also like Rathacon. <laughs> yes. Which apparently I think he said he fell asleep at in the theater when he was like young. So. I don't. I don't know. How do I podcast with him? It's amazing. I kid. I kid because well, I love. He likes Rogue One. So. Uh, see, I don't know how that show's still going on too. <laughs> okay, take us home then. All right. So, um, Paladins of Ultron is a member of both the soon-to-be-named network and the Transmissions Podcast Network. So, if you are interested in uh, giant robots, check out the Transmissions Podcast Network for Transmissions. Transmissions Alt Mode, um, Transmissions Extra, which will, does not normally have transforming robots, yeah. and uh, Declassified, which is currently is for our Patreon supporters only, but uh, that will be, hopefully, if we get to 100 Patreons, it'll be open to everybody. And then we have the Yoshicast and Yakko Yaks, which are not necessarily about transforming robots directly. And then soon to be nem- the soon to be named network has Jason's other podcast, Podvocacy, which is kind of about TV stuff mainly, more or less. We're we're at the tail end of our summer of shame, where David and I each watch a movie we have not seen before and discuss it. Uh, well, I'd say what we're watching this week, but who knows when people will be watching this? So I'm not gonna right. Just uh, check out our back catalog. But by the time this episode is out, y'all are gonna be getting ready for Gotham like, the fall and... TV shows. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Inhumans. <laughs> and then um you we have long box heroes such as the mothership of the network and after after dark and tons of other shows about various topics so check them all out and um we will have links to everything in the show notes so um that i guess it, it's time to say goodbye so <laughs> see you guys later bye everyone we'll see you next week